live from Miami, Florida, broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to Patriots Perspective with Christy Tasker. Your news behind the government's facade. Don't fall victim to propaganda or spend another 30 days in the tech gulag. Turn off your tell live vision and just listen. Hear the most mind-opening hours of your life as we interview whistleblowers and real patriots for uncensored truth. The Commie News Network and Fakebook cannot control the power of Jesus Christ. Therefore, they have no power over us. There aren't enough Vegas strippers to fake check what's coming. Put in your earphones and avoid the tech tyrants. Subscribe to PatriotsPerspective.com now and see the evidence and action items to help you take back your God-given rights, government, and expose Satan and his demons taking up residence in your community. Be sure to hit the like or rumble button and comment to tell us where you're holding the line. Hello, everyone, all you patriots out there. Happy um, Monday, December the 5th. Uh, I am here. I am not Christy, as you can see. Christy has not changed that much. But Christy has lost her voice. We had a very exciting week last week here in Miami with Art Basel. And we made the rounds uh, starting on like Wednesday night to all the events. And she was without a voice come yesterday. So uh, I want to um, welcome Penny L.A. Shepard, who is going to be uh, introducing our guest today. I am Pamela Davis-Reeves. I am... um, with Patriots Perspective and Transform You Group and Miami Freedom Foods and, and that kind of thing. But uh, Penny L.A. Shepherd, take it away, girl. Goodness gracious, you're with everybody, as am I. Um, let me just go to the very beginning of my PowerPoint. Give me one second. Well, we'll be talking about a lot of different subjects. And I'm looking for my PowerPoint, and it just kind of disappeared. One second. Um, and it's going to be one of those days I can tell, um, here we go. Um, we, we have a guest and I can't even announce him because he's in my PowerPoint. (laughs) Why don't you talk a little bit about, uh, Basil? Here we go. Okay. One second. Okay. Here we go. Ready to go. One second. I've got a bunch of windows open. Let me find you. Go back to you and find you. You're doing good, Penny. Um, And I can't find you. (laughs) One second. Christy's here Uh, with us on chat. (laughs) She's the the producer today on this end in Miami. Apparently. There we go. Oh, and now I lost my PowerPoint again. What is going on? <laughs> I, I can either have you or my PowerPoint. One second. Um, let me go find it again. Something's going on today. Okay, it's either you or my PowerPoint. So okay, I'm, that's that's okay. I'm gonna PowerPoint. I'm gonna start with PowerPoint. PowerPoint. <laughs> so today, uh, my name is Penny L.A. Shepherd. I am uh, I go by Agent X11, Hollywood Dark Journalist. I'm also a dark 
Outpost executive producer, and I'll be joining Christie's uh, Patriots Perspective as also an executive producer, but I'm not executively producing very well today. Um, our daily show on the Dark Outpost is 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we are going live tomorrow. David has been on vacation, and we were supposed to start today, but for all of our loyal uh, visitors and Dark Outpost followers, we will be starting tomorrow. We go from from Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, we will be returning tomorrow, Tuesday, December 6, 2022, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And some of the things that we're going to be talking about today are uh, the Twitter files with Tucker Carlson. We'll also be talking about uh, the Hunter Biden laptop bombshell, which is included in the Twitter files. And our guest today, which we're going to bring in, is Eric and Anna, I, I hope I say this name right, Tweet or Twite, I have no idea how to say it. He'll tell us what it is. Um, he builds himself out as technologically trafficked. He's a whistleblower on many different things. And one of the things that he was talking about, he said he knew Barry Croft Jr., who was uh, involved in the kidnap of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmore. And uh, he said that Barry Croft Jr., well, he didn't say this, but this is what the news said. Barry Croft Jr. and Adam Fox were also found guilty of conspiring to obtain a weapon of mass destruction, namely a bomb to blow up a bridge and stymie police if the kidnapping could be pulled off at Whitner's vacation home. So for some reason, he says that the FBI uh, contrived this. Um, and can you bring him in while I try to find my way back to the Patriots perspective? <laughs> can you bring him in? We're working on it. <laughs> I I don't know why my why my thing is doing this. I have no idea. Here we go. There we go. Sorry about that. We're having we're going to be having technical difficulties today, and I have no idea why my uh, PowerPoint is not attaching uh, to this presentation. But Eric, uh, very yeah. pleased to have you. Can you uh, introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about this case, and then go into some of the other things that you wanted to talk about. Uh, hi, my name is Eric Tewitt. Uh I did know Barry Croft. Uh, I was at a time I was uh, in Ohio, living in Ohio because I was targeted. So kind of a little backstory. In 2016, I noticed a uh, massive change happening around me at my place of work, everywhere I went for my hobbies or walking my dog. I was being harassed by groups of people that uh, seemed to be cartel. They were foreign nationals. Uh, and from what I could tell, basically terrorists and drug, uh, like drug traffickers, human traffickers. And so uh, I left Boise, Idaho. Well, I left Twin Falls, Idaho, went to Boise, Idaho, and it all started happening again. And along with a ton of electronic interference on whatever phone I had at the time. So I went from there and I moved to Oregon and got a job in Oregon as foreman of a company. And the it was the same thing. I come to learn that the whole job offer in Oregon was actually like a setup. Uh, I went there to identify who was damaging the company from the inside. And because my boss trusted me and I was able to identify who was causing damage in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, but 
during my time in Bend, Oregon, uh, I was staying at a hotel and the activity started happening again where all these weird people on drugs and interfering and damaging my vehicle breaking am i still on okay um have a little buffering here and there so uh i went from oregon because it got crazy there and went back to boise idaho and it all started happening again so long story short which i could elaborate on this like endlessly Washington and I had a little a couple months of peace in Washington took up a foreign position in a Washington shop and then it all started happening and this is where they these what I call gang stalkers or community uh, stalkers community agents uh, were engaged in all sorts of uh, highly illegal activities uh, gun running uh, moving large amounts of methamphetamine in front of me. It was a neighbor. Uh, They were in the shop that I was working at. Uh, I was poisoned. And so I went from there and I learned from some people that were in the military while I was in Washington, uh, what was happening. And I was uh, able to talk to a lady named Karen Melton Stewart and other people that I met on Facebook that were current and former military and intelligence operators. And they gave me some documents. One of the documents that I read was a 172-page document called Joint Publication 3-60. And what that document outlines on a military level, it's a targeting document. How they target people uh, through uh, many different types of psychological, financial, and physical warfare platform teams. Uh, that are international and American teams that are usually... Uh, they are like kind of like off the books work for private companies and a lot of our military um if you if your viewers video his name is justin carter and he blows the whistle on the targeted individual uh community and what they're doing they started he was inside this apparatus targeting people in washington and blew the whistle on it because it's highly unconstitutional highly illegal it's crimes against humanity um so I went from Washington and I was chased on the highway and I have video footage of this um, and multiple attempted murders, vehicular manslaughter attempts uh, from Washington to back to Idaho. So I get to back to Idaho and got an apartment. The whole apartment was a setup. Uh, the, the neighborhood criminals were in on it and they, I was being broken. The vehicle was being damaged. My work was being smeared, people watching me in the streets and attempting to cause problems everywhere I went. There was escape. And I had, uh, you know, touching up on the Twitter thing, uh, during that time period, uh, there was Antifa BLM uh, on Twitter. And so they have a massive organization, you know, in every state that they get people like me, they get their name and they engage in all these stalking and harassment activities and financial destruction, theft, identity theft, like just it's nonstop. And so uh, after being harassed in Boise again, I shut off all my electronic devices and put them in Faraday cases. And I had no communication with anybody. And so, uh, I mean, I have some of that right here. I don't know if you can see it. But this is uh, Antifa. 
And this is just one of the smears they wow. were using. And, uh, and that's why, you know, MAGA, I'm a patriot, stuff like that. And they tagged the FBI. And there was hundreds of these people on Twitter, hundreds of them organized in multiple states that were trying to tag the FBI and police against me. So, uh, and I didn't know about this at this time yet. So I shut off all my electronic devices and went, went dark. And I went to the mountains for about a month. I came back from the mountains living off the grid. And then I uh, got a hold of my aunt in Ohio. And so uh, I drove across the country with no GPS, no electronic devices, and got to Ohio and moved in with my aunt and got a job that day. I'm a highly skilled worker. I do granite. I've been foreman of like five shops across the country. Um, I'm a master granite fabricator. And so uh, I'm highly employable, which it becomes difficult even if you're highly skilled when you have a group of Antifa and community level agents that are paid informants through fusion centers and fusion GPS and uh, COINTELPRO. That's who they are. I've got video confirmation of this. I've identified hundreds of these people with video and pictures of their vehicles. One of the harassment tactics these people use is they do threatening messages on their license plates, usually in blocks of three to five. You know, it'll just be like a, a statement like duck quick explosion or fog up ahead on a license plate or you're too bright, you're too close, you know, back to back license plates. And they're warning you that you're you're uh, you know, it's either a white hat operation, in my opinion, and a black hat operation. I think there's two sides to it because of. It, and the thing is, is it's it's an MK Ultra program. It's a it's a no touch torture um, where they interfere with you on every level, spiritually, economically, and then physically. Um, so I get I get out to Ohio, and for the first time in like four years, I was able to live a normal life and not be messed with. And that's because I went dark on electronics, and so. Uh, I went about seven months in Ohio, uh, able to save money, able to make my vehicle payments and and have savings and work a job every day without being smeared or messed with or attacked everywhere I went. And then it started happening again. Uh, so and that's because I got on Facebook and uh, I you know broke dark protocol, basically. And, and I reached out into the Patriot community on Facebook and had about 5000 friends. And at that time, I met. And started speaking with Barry Croft. And so, uh, you know, a couple times a week and pretty much every day, uh, every couple times a week, I would speak with Barry on the phone or through Messenger. And we'd have group chats with different patriots uh, and different events that were going on and promoting like MAGA type stuff and, and, and uh, speaker events. And Barry Croft was a, a very spiritual man. Uh he was very Christian. He quoted the Bible. He loved the Constitution, our history of our country. He was a patriot through and through. And uh, he started you know, calling me and, and complaining to me and telling advice back and forth between the two of us about different things happening in his life. His uh, wife uh, became sick. Uh, I believe it was cancer. Uh, and they have two daughters and very quickly cancer, cancer took her, um, from Barry and she died and he had his two daughters and he was taking care of both of them. And I believe he was a trucker. Um, 
yeah, he was a trucker. He did, he did trucker. So it was really difficult without having a wife at home and the kids to be fully employed. And so he stayed with his daughters and went to a lot of events and met a lot of people that were three percenters or Lightfoot militia um, from Michigan, Ohio, West Virginia, Virginia, Florida, Georgia, um, that whole area. Um, and, you know, he, he became, he was making his way up through the, uh, you know, all the different militia groups that were um, all interconnected because we all talked about, hey, this is happening over here. These red flaws, lags in, uh, laws in Virginia are unconstitutional and treasonous and there's corruption here. And there, we had a, a, a network of documents and information we were passing to each other about the corruption happening in our country. And so I tried to explain to Barry um, that this the series of horrible uh, events that kept happening everywhere he was was because of Cointelpro Infusion GPS and he was targeted. He was being set up. I warned him. And I've lived through multiple setups, multiple attempted murders, uh, three poisonings. Every vehicle I've had has been damaged and broken. Every home I've lived in has been damaged and everything I own has been stolen everywhere I've lived. And, uh, and I've had drugs planted in my hotel rooms where I come home from work. And I, it became a standard operating procedure that every time I came home for five years straight that I searched my home every square inch of it. And I don't use drugs. I don't drink. It makes me sick. I can barely drink one cup of wine and I'm not okay. And so uh, the activity around me, it's, it's, it's not my lifestyle. Um, so it stood out. And so I was in Ohio. Uh, and right before the country became, uh, was about to be locked down because of the boogeyman, uh, am I, well, am I allowed to say stuff? This isn't YouTube, so I can say what I want, right? No, that's, we're trying to air it on YouTube. So, oh, okay. And, and so thank we'll, us, we don't want to get we'll shut down. The boogeyman <laughs> is. We just got so, out of YouTube jail recently. Okay. So we'll, I'll keep it PG and I'm going to have to speak yeah, in code yeah, to yeah, the viewers. Yeah, the <laughs> so uh, the, the boogeyman happened and the country was about to go on lockdown and I was paying attention to back channel stuff. And I knew that in Ohio, I had about three days before they were going to lock down that area. So I proceeded to uh, the Intermountain Northwest in the middle of winter. I drove across the country again for the fourth time. And I went into the mountains instead of being locked down in cities. I went to where there was clean water, no 5G, off-grid BLM land and high mountains, frozen lakes, and lived off-grid for three months. And uh, so there's a ton more information I could talk about this. But that long story short, the lawns opened up and I came back down to Twin Falls, Idaho, where I had family. And, uh, and I stayed with family for about a month and then uh, I proceeded back to Ohio. And so I go back to Ohio. I got my old job back immediately. And my boss says, hey, go stay in this hotel. It's cheap. And I know the owner. So I go to this hotel that was in Sandusky, Ohio. And after three days of being at the hotel, the hotel filled up. The back area of the hotel filled up to where nearly every room had multiple occupants in it. And it was at this time I had multiple people that attempted to solicit me to do drugs with them or buy drugs from them and which I wasn't okay with. And so, uh, I filmed it 
And one day after like four heroin overdoses, a, uh, a police officer drove through there. So I approached the lady police officer and said, Hey, this stuff is happening here. And this is my situation. And she was intrigued. So I showed her the video and she asked me if I would continue to take videos and take pictures because there is a, a an interstate uh, drug trafficking group uh, that is has posted up in that hotel. During that time, I watched Antifa staging uh, at that hotel and the hotel across the street. Uh, and they were using small hotels and filling these hotels up and they were coming in in busts. So Antifa BLM had big buses uh, that were full of them and they were staying in these little off the highway hotels and going into Cleveland to go do their riots and all their criminal stuff they were doing. Um, and so I was blowing the whistle to uh, DHS and FBI. And at the same time that was happening and all the heroin overdoses and trafficking was happening at the hotel. After I got there, uh, I was being an informant for the, uh, Sandusky police. And so I kept taking videos and pictures of all the activity and, and sending it to the officer that I was involved with. Uh, during that time, a police officer knocked on a door of a house I had not lived in for about two or three years. And, and this is when I found out that I guess I was involved in a hit and run and had dangerous military weapons and was, uh, being tagged on Twitter by BLM and Antifa. So there was hundreds and hundreds of tags of people harassing me and smearing my name on Antifa, claiming that I'm dangerous. I should kill myself. I'm delusional. Just the classic cancel culture and get you arrested for something you did. Did you just freeze? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So uh, you just froze for a second there, Eric. You froze after cancel culture. We, the last thing okay. that we heard was cancel culture. Okay, so uh, Antifa and BLM have a massive organization, and they're using Twitter to co correspond with FBI and law enforcement in Boise, Idaho, while I was currently involved as an informant with Sandusky police. And so they smeared me, saying I was involved in a hit and run. They knew my vehicle and my plates. Um, they don't like my license plates. They uh, say 2020 on them. And they're red, white, and blue. Anyway, um, so this officer showed up and was trying to basically kind of do like a red flag at an at a address that I didn't live at. For many years, I hadn't lived there. And my friends that did live there got a hold of me through a messenger and explained to me what they were looking for and why they were there and had the officer's name. So I called the officer that was from... Boise, Idaho, that went to Twin Falls, Idaho, to do a raid on the house that I didn't live at over falsified uh, stuff that BLM and Twitter and Antifa had been plasting on Twitter. And so uh, the hit and run that was because I didn't live there, I wasn't involved in a hit and run, and nor did I have any military automatic weapons that they were claiming that I had. I participate in airsoft competitions dorky okay which is it, what what is it, that yeah. Yeah. So, airsoft players range from like 60 year old 70 year old men to eight year old children they're family events that are hosted in in, in out 
in, in the forest, out in the desert. They have uh, indoor arenas. It's kind of like paintball. Oh, okay. But instead of paintballs, they're little plastic BBs, and the airsoft guns are replicas of military weapons. So you can have like, uh, you know, the, the, the Terminator minigun, you could have the Glock or you could have the, the AR or the M4A1 with a grenade launcher. And it has a little grenade launcher that really works. And, but they don't shoot bullets. They're plastic. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Me it's, neither. It's, it's good exercise. It's a good hobby and it's a family sport. It's a sport. And so Antifa BLM, they didn't see that because they were targeting me. Um, you know, I had these airsoft guns around me quite often uh, and they would see me going in and out of my apartment or house going to these places. And they would see me taking these military gnarly, scary weapons and it scared them. And they were no longer attacking me in the street or trying to fight me or do stuff like that because they believed that I had automatic military weapons and was part of the military or something because of the camo that I was wearing and the guns that I had that are made out of plastic. So, so you scared them off with the airsoft guns. Yeah. And, and, and not only scared them off, but they lied and reported to FBI and police that I had weapons uh, that were, that didn't exist. And the police in Boise and the police in Ohio knew good and damn well because they've been in my house because I've written many reports, dozens of police reports across the country. So they've been in my places of evidence and see these, you know, a wall of these guns that are all made out of plastic. They're replicas, they're toys that children can buy. And, and so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm explaining right now. Sorry. My wife asked me a question. And so, uh, so I got a hold of the police officer that uh, was from Boise that got the Twin Falls police to try to do a raid on my house that I didn't live at. And I called him and said, hey, what's going on? And he says, uh, you're involved in a hit and run and, and you're, uh, you know, suspected of having military grade weapons. And, and I'm just like, well, you need to call this officer out of Boise. They know that I don't have any weapons like that. And I'm not residing in Idaho. I've been in Ohio for months so I couldn't have done a hit and run. And you can confirm that with this police officer and here's her number and her badge number and what precinct they're out of. And so like I had the officer I was working with call the police in Idaho and they did what they did. And the Idaho police stopped harassing me and attempting to raid residences that I didn't live at because I was a high level informant for the Sandusky, which eventually, uh, a lot of stuff happened at that hotel that I was able to document on film and on camera, which I gave over to the police there. And they were able to make a, a an interstate arrest of a trafficking organization, arrests in the dozens of people, which led to saving lives because people were dying on a weekly basis from drug overdoses in that area. And it's because of these people. Um, and they were Antifa. Um, I had an incident with Antifa that I filmed where they stayed late at night because I was sitting out. Uh, having a soda and a cigarette out on the chair in front of my hotel room. And they were all nervous and uh, they, he was taking his clothes off, like trying to get in a fight with me or something. But instead I was like, Hey, you want a cigarette, man? I'm going to bed. And I gave him a cigarette and told them to have a good night. And they were just all confused because they didn't know that I knew what the hell they were doing. And what they were doing was called street theater. Uh, us in the targeted community, we know that um, they'll, 
create skits where they act out different situations in order to get you to involve yourself with them so they can give you a handler, you know, whether it's like a new girlfriend or a new buddy to hang out with. And that's when they bring you down and, and put you in a bunch of horrible situations to try to get you involved with uh, some kind of trafficking or felony events. And they're all immune to it. Even if you call the police and these people are arrested, they're out of jail the next day. And the reason that is, is because they're community level informants working with FBI and DHS from this, from the fusion centers nationwide. So they are given, they are, a lot of them have been busted for something. And so they hold it over their head saying, well, if you don't do this for us, then we're going to put you in prison. So of course they take that and they, and they're, they're given immunity. They're the, they, they get make $42 an hour to be handlers, fake relationships and cause you and try to set you up. Did you say that was the Sandusky they, Motel? Did you say that was out of the Sandusky? Yeah, motel? that was the Ohio Motel. And so I was able to get confessions out of one guy there. Uh, and I filmed him about what he was doing. I'm like, hey, I know you just got out of jail. And if you don't do this, you're going back. But I'm sorry, I'm not involving myself in whatever you're trying to sell me here, man. And he's like, how do you know all this stuff? And I'm like, because I know what documents... Uh, are being are, are the uh, the template for what is happening on the streets. And so what's happening is the FBI is not directly involved and that way they can be immune to it. So they're hiring and paying community level agents, or we call them gang stalkers that are convicted felons, people that have time hanging over their head in order to go do the dirty work and setups of the FBI and DHS and the fusion centers. Um, and they, they're highly paid. The more okay, damage can they can cause. Our audience, more. Eric, what a fusion center is because just, you need to like outline everything. They don't okay. understand what that is. All right. Fusion centers are in every state except for, I believe Maine and a fusion center is a fusion of FBI, DHS, local police and community informants of uh, listed terrorist suspects, listed uh, criminal suspects, and then the fusion centers pay these community level informants and they give them a packet of information to, to say that somebody is suspected of a, whatever they're suspected of and they send out community agents and they, they use teenagers they use old men, old ladies, and middle-aged people uh, of every race. I have and a those- question for you, Eric. Now, since you were giving information to uh, certain people within the policing force, and I know that there, the policing forces are infiltrated, uh, do you think perhaps they were actually using you as an informant to uh-huh. then target other people who might have not been guilty or you are certain that these people were malfeasance and that they were targeting you i'm just it's just a question right and so yeah that's a great question so um it's a uh it's an mk ultra style program that's outlined in joint publication 3-60 um so by harassing somebody to the point where they have very few options uh, they either become a Manchurian candidate and do, you know, mass shootings and go crazy because they perceive that everybody around them is harassing them, 
or they, they are. go to the because they are and and it's it becomes difficult to discern if somebody's like a paid actor harassing you or if they're just some asshole that you ran into right um but at that point it doesn't matter because the harassment's been going on for so long and uh so your other option is to file reports with the police. So if they're, if these community level agents are attempting to set you up to make you look like something you're not, um, they, you have to take the bait, you know, you're offered drugs, you're offered guns, you're offered like, Hey, I'll pay you if you do this and help me out. And if you do that, then you're going to be involved in criminal activity. Correct. But if, if you don't, then the other option is to go report it to police that way you're clearing yourself of the setup and hopefully the police are going to arrest the criminals that are actually involved in this activity. The problem is, is when the criminals are arrested that are working for these fusion centers, um, they get a free reign. The judges yep. are in on it. They go, they go in the back room and the FBI mm -hmm. says, Hey, this is our guy. Uh, I know you caught him with a pound of heroin and you know, a pound of, of cocaine and fentanyl and, and, and a bunch of illegal military grade weapons, but uh, they're our guys. So you have to let them go. And right. so across the country, we're, we're seeing these high level criminals become arrested and then they're released without bail on their own recognizance and they never come to court again. And it's all just brushed under the rug. Those are your informants. Those are your criminal informants, your setup artists. They are community level agents and a lot of them are gang members. Uh, they're, the, they're the serious, most serious, mentally unstable, addict, crazy, evil people you can imagine. And so the, what the, the DHS FBI is doing is their uh, slogan is have the evil kill the wicked and the wicked kill the evil. Wow. So they're using, they're using a bunch of people to target other people that they don't like, but they're using people that are expendable to target other people that they want to get rid of. And that way their hands are clean because if, if the person gets caught trying to do some legal activity on one of the targets, it doesn't matter because they don't like either one of them anyway. And they're just want to get rid of them out of, out of the country or lock them up forever or whatever. And so uh, that's what's going on. So I imagine you, when you don't take their bait, then you're uh, you're in big trouble. Oh, here you said another thing. So I didn't take their bait in Ohio, and in Joint Publication three sixty, there's a section I believe it's eleven two that talks about dynamic targeting. And so I I went dark again. I came home from work and I went into my hotel room and I opened. I went standard operating procedure. Went to search my room. And at that point, the drawer uh, in my hotel room underneath the TV had heroin and methamphetamine, over a dozen baggies, little tiny bits, all across the back of my drawer, which was never there before. And so I called the officer that I had been telling all this stuff, you know, informing to and said, hey, I just got home. There's drugs in my room. They're now getting in my room. The only way to do that is with a key card. So they have in they are planting drugs in my room and this is no longer safe for me and I'm done here. And that's that. And so, uh, I took pictures of it and I sent it to the officer and then I took all the stuff and I flushed it and I, uh, 
fired. I grabbed all my stuff and packed up me and my little doggy and I uh, took off to Florida. And so uh, my vehicle's warming up and they lock the doors. They lock my dog in my vehicle. And so I called the locksmith and he came in like 15 minutes, unlocked my rig. I had to pay him a hundred bucks and then I filled up my tank and I started driving. And so I'm, I'm in uh, West Virginia uh, after like five hours of driving or so from the Sandusky, Ohio area. And I noticed, um, cause I, I know what's going on at this point, but I was being followed all the way from Sandusky on the different highways. I pulled a couple crazy Ivans, which is, you know, where you do a big loop in a circle off a road and then get back on the highway to see if you can lose the people that are tailing you. And, uh, they, they caught up to me again on the highway. So between every major city, they were sending people out on the highway in groups of five uh, to follow me and target me. And this is where something's pretty cool happened. <laughs> and I have some pictures of it and some videos. Uh, and a, an older couple came driving by me while I'm driving through West Virginia. And they both looked over at me and smiled and waved. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, maybe it's just my license plate and my, you know, uh, I support our military and, and our president at the time. And, and so maybe they were just waving cause they liked the patriotic stuff on my vehicle. And, uh, and when they, they pulled up ahead of me and then they went into my lane and then slowed down, which I've been trained over the time to be like, what's this weird, right. that's not normal. Are they the going to kill me? <laughs> yeah. And the highway is wide open. So there's only like a, like one car up there that has been around me this whole time and four back that way. But this one was different. And the license plate said dynamic. And I'm like, Oh shit. So it was a warning. They were saying, Hey, pay attention to us. We're your friends. You are dynamic right now. And dynamic means a short window of a target in order to kill the target because they, have exposed or they are dangerous or something. And that goes back to your statement. You know, when you don't do what they want, they get pissed. Oh yeah, they do. I've been from Oregon to Washington all the way across the country. I've been followed and they, they, they circle your vehicle with a whole bunch of other vehicles and try to run you off the road. They use trailers to swerve in front of you to try to hit you and run you off the road and kill you at high speed. And I have video footage of all this stuff. Um, and so, uh, I was like, oh, crap, it's dynamic. They're dynamic on me. I busted their little trafficking people that are working for them. And now they want me dead because I've had I, they were trying to set me up. And instead, they got arrested for the criminal shit they were doing. And now they're after me. So I had to keep my head on a swivel uh, more than normal. And I drove through and uh, I was in, I believe, either North Carolina or Georgia coming up on the close to Florida and the sun went down. And usually like one of the things that I learned is you just don't drive at night. Cause that's when they really, they get away with shit mm -hmm. and the sun went down and I'm like, crap, it's like an hour to the next town where I can get a room or st stop at a truck stop. And the same group of vehicles that had been following me through three States, uh, West Virginia and like Kentucky or whatever, just through that <clears throat> down that way. Um, they were there again. And so one got ahead of me and it was the same vehicle, um, that I recognized from, you know, eight hours before. And 
I, I was just paying attention to my rear views as I was driving on cruise control. And one of the vehicles came from way back. I could tell it was coming from way back at a high rate of speed at well over a hundred miles an hour. And it was an armored, uh, uh, Chevy Tahoe. And I could tell it's armored cause it sits lower, it's fatter. And it, and it just, they don't, the body roll on those things is they don't body roll. And so this vehicle came as they, as the other two vehicles were squeezing me in to make a pinch point, the, the armored vehicle came driving up at a high rate of speed and went to hit me, but I knew what was happening and I timed it. And all I had to do was just turn to the right, just a little bit and tap my brake. And the guy missed me and went careening off the road at 120 miles an hour plus, And then got back on the highway and I, I got it all on video and picture and I floored it and to chase them down to, uh, to get the license plate off it. But I already had that same license plate and vehicle from earlier that day. So I compiled all the license plates around me of the people that I perceived to be following me. Sometimes I'm wrong. Most of the time I'm right. But when you're in this kind of situation, you just continue to film and take pictures of, of what you suspect are people that are, uh, doing this uh, illegal no-touch torture and attempted murders. And uh, so that happened. They At that point, the other vehicles that had me surrounded backed off and slowed way down. And I sped up and tried to chase that vehicle, but they were already going at a high rate of speed. So I, I think I hit like 110, and then I just backed it back down to 75 and continued on the highway. Got off of the next, ex next exit and stayed at a rest stop or a truck stop. And then the next morning, continue into Florida. Um, so you Florida, just parked publicly at the at the rest stop so that you were out there so that there was traffic coming and going. Yeah, and that's that's what I do. I'd find where one of the cameras was mm -hmm. at a rest stop or or yeah. a truck stop, and I would park directly under the camera to be completely under surveillance. And I would let everybody know that I was involved within the Patriot community where I was. And I would, they would check in on me like hourly, like call me, make sure to get like a live on screen on messenger. Yeah, I'm okay. Everything's cool. A little bit of activity, but I'm going to bed. And, you know, and amongst the Patriot community, a lot of people know this shit's happening, but a lot of them don't know the technicalities of what is being employed by these community level agents and the FBI DHS against just regular American citizens. It's so vast and huge. Um, they've spent millions and millions of dollars attempting to set me up, murder me, uh, uh, and destroy me financially, spiritually, emotionally. Um, why, why so I much? Ask why, what's the purpose of it? I mean, do you know something? Yeah, I know. Yeah, something. He knows a lot. Um, back to the Gretchen Whitmer case, you had, uh, yeah. alluded that these tactics were actually used, on the one defendant that you had mentioned earlier yeah. and said that he was actually that, that it's your belief that the FBI set him up for this. Can you it's, elaborate on that? Yeah, I can elaborate on that. So uh, the, everybody around that Whitmer case was, I think there was only two people that were actually the targets of the whole case. Everybody else was an informant uh, or a, a community level informant agent. They're called community level agents. And I tried to warn Barry Croft months before that stuff um, being set up and to watch out. Like if, so if you go to a militia group meeting, which I've been to a bunch of them 
and somebody shows up and they're like, Hey, let's, let's learn how to make bombs. Hey, I'm going to teach you how to weapons fully automatic. Uh, Hey, I've got these. <laughs> I can these like that kind of shit. Like, wait a minute. We're Americans. This is the law. You have a federal tax stamp and you're cleared by FBI background check and you pay a $300. You can't own military grade automatic weapons. You can't have rocket launchers and all that kind of shit. And, and making bombs is uh, illegal. It straight up in every state. Um, yeah, and very and bad to do. Very bad thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, but like you can make a bomb. There's no, nothing illegal about, you know, making a Tannerite target that explodes or making a bomb to go out in the country and blow up your own truck and have fun. Like none of that's illegal. But when you make well, a bomb make bombs in the UK with nails and a bucket. Yeah. And so but making a bomb to engage in a terrorist act, that's illegal. So a bunch of these militia groups have been infiltrated by these agents ATF, FBI, uh, CIA, uh, what's the other one? Um, I don't know. They're a bunch of three-letter agencies. And if you guys want to do some research, you'll find that in the last five years, there's been several incidences in militia groups like Three Percenters where there was an FBI agent and an ATF agent uh, and a, uh, I forgot the other agencies, but they were all there inside the militia groups setting up these militias so that they could arrest them. Uh, but they didn't know from the other agencies that they're, they were there. And what was happening was like, you know, so this ATF agents there and he's got like bomb making material and this FBI agents there and he's trying to bring in like automatic weapons and they both see what each other's doing. And then they're like, stop, freeze FBI, ATF. And all the militia guys already knew what was going on. Because none of them engage in any illegal activities. If you engage in illegal activities inside like any three percenter group, we'll call the cops on you. We'll call the FBI on you and we'll have your dumb ass arrested because we're not doing anything illegal. It's our constitutional right to be a militia. We don't want to engage in any illegal activity so that this type of shit can happen and we can all be smeared as MVE, militia violent extremists, according to DHS. So anyway, the ATF, FBI, and other agencies have been infiltrating the militia groups and attempting to set them up and then catching each other and getting in shootouts where FBI and ATF agents were shooting each other and attempting to arrest each other while they've infiltrated and been attempting to set up these militia groups. So they, they're catching each other, committing the crimes and getting in fucking shootout. Sorry about the language. That's right. um, and, and that's, it's incredible from Colorado to Arizona, to Virginia, to Idaho. It, it's everywhere. So they've infiltrated patriots, people who love this country that love God and, and love our constitution in order to destroy them and shut them out. And so all the, all the militia groups across the country have gone dark they're no longer on Facebook saying, hey, if you want to help you think your that community. was the purpose? Yes. There's definitely communication, a... Communication, yeah. No communication. So, so a lot of people aren't... It's a conspiracy so vast that it, it will escape our perception. And so when you have the border, you have... What is it? FTX? 
-hmm. you have Ukraine, you have uh, problems in the banks, problems in Congress and Senate, and the state corruption, defund the police, uh, all this stuff that's like, it. no matter what your thing is, so if you like football, and football is your thing. There's all these problems happening in the in the football that grab your attention. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, this player and this team and this coach and blah, blah, blah. And you're all riled up because there's they're bad and they're doing stuff wrong, you know. And then so if you're like, if you pay attention to what's happening in Congress or the Senate and you watch that, you're going to be all pissed off because the Democrats mm-hmm. and the Republicans and, you know, all this stuff is happening in Congress and Senate and it's just horrible and it's unconstitutional and, ah, you know, and, and if you're involved in financial markets, oh, the housing market's crashing. Oh, the money, their banks are going dry and whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so, so no matter what your poison is, uh, you will find your poison, uh, through, through all of our media right now. So, you know what I'm saying? So like, if you're focused on the Senate, if you're focused on banking, if you're focused on the stock market, there's a bunch of bad shit constantly happening that's going to grab and hold your attention so that you don't research or see what's happening over there. What's really or, happening. Or what's happening over there. And so it's all compartmentalized, but it's happening all at the same time on every level so that it escapes everybody's perception that it's all happening on purpose. Well, I, I got a, a message this morning from a guy that I know that lives in Alberta, Canada, which is supposedly the most free, you know, in Canada. I'm not sure how free that is. And they're still discussing the the bat that came out of the Wuhan market <laughs> still. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the COVID oh, restrictions in, in China that? are still, you know, three years later, they're still yeah. locked down and they're yeah. still fighting this. But America doesn't know that. They're not researching. No, they don't. It, no. yeah. it is important to be able to research it, to extend yeah. your research purview. And it's difficult to do, but extend it to everything, anything yes. that's happening in the world. It's a very right. important thing to not focus on one particular thing, which is why I do a lot of different, I'm now doing this show and I'm doing um, the dark outpost, which I've been on the dark outpost for about a year now, but as executive producer since um, August and it, the news is very important. So I scour the news all over for, you know, world news for, uh, for news that you wouldn't actually maybe even, even look at. Right. to see. So I look for for little pieces everywhere and I encourage everyone, hey, this is just what I found. Please research yep. further and and try to find out the truth because that's what we're all after. We're all after the truth. But if they're only watching mainstream media, Penny, exactly. it's, it's very, I mean, they've got blinders on. Correct. I get messages. My, my neighbor, who I'm actually the executor of her will, is from Nuremberg, Germany. She graduated from Nuremberg High School, and she still watches Good Morning America every morning and kind of believes, it used to believe everything that they said (laughs) on Good Morning America. And she'll send me things like, um, oh, Rand Paul really went to bat against Fauci in in the Senate. And we're like, oh, really? Rand Paul is a big talking point. And like you said, Eric, it's to get your attention. Oh, yes. Rand Paul is my hero today. You I know, mean, the FTX thing uh, is it, hardly being talked about on on 
big media. Um, Fox is reporting on it. But, you know, Fox is kind of like controlled opposition. It's meant to grab your attention. Yes. Um, that's just my opinion. It's pretty obvious. It's definitely controlled opposition. Look yeah. And so, uh, the other one is uh, you said something about the COVID. Oh, really? man, I've got some information on that. If we could go there. I don't yes, know. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, so. No, she said no. Oh, Chrissy said, said no. Chrissy says be real careful. Okay. Call um, it something else. Yeah. Call it something else. All right. So the, the uh, man. <laughs> we'll call it, we'll call it what it really is. Mm -hmm. A psyop. Mm -hmm. It's a psyop, but yeah. it's for a reason. Yeah. So I don't know if you have a link, but I have the link to this video and it was uh, leaked a while ago. It's about four minutes long and it's CIA with Bill Gates. Yes, I've seen that. Okay, and it talks about the V2 Max gene. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. The the jab and the boogeyman are one and the same. And what they've come up with is a way to get everybody inoculated mm -hmm. uh, to remove their ability to think freely and and be spiritual. And it attacks the part of the brain which deals with right and wrong, spirituality, and empathy. So if you can have a society all across the world, that's why they want that's why they want 70 to 80 percent of everybody jabbed, um, so that they have 70 to 80 percent of the population that has had the empathy centers of their brain removed. Right. Which that, that way, would match the population of the psychopaths that are currently running Earth. Right. And so what their problem is, is that the CIA and Bill Gates, they don't like people that care about somebody else. They don't like people that spiritually are connected to source. They don't like people that could be, uh, what are they? They call them um, uh, religious extremists. Yes. So oh, they've, no. been able, they've been able to get down to a genetic level. Who has the propensity to be a religious extremist? And the religion extremist people are, well, all of us right here. Right. We're all highly. That's their next agenda. You know that, right? Yes. And so they're already rolling it out, but it's under the yeah. guise of mm -hmm. the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. uh, to get everybody to be in compliance. So if you can get 70, 80% of the population worldwide have their ability to speak out and think for themselves removed and bond with other people removed, then it'll be easier to get rid of the other 30% of people that will stand up and hold true. the line against the evil that's happening. That's true. And so that's just one part. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention for your viewers is if you guys don't have a link to that video, I can provide it at some other point. I don't know how to do it right now. I'm not very tech savvy. The uh, other thing is a video. There's two videos by a man named Sergeant Robert Horton. He is the psychological warfare operations for the U.S. Army. And he's put out two, vid two videos uh, and they have been scrubbed from face or not Facebook, okay. but they have been scrubbed from YouTube, so they're difficult to find, but you can find them. And I have the links to who has saved those videos, and I have them. What's the video What's the video that you mentioned with Gates and who else? Uh, well, I'll, I'll bring it up. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I, I got oh, it. You, right it. you can bring it's it up. 
or just give just give uh, give us the name of it and okay. um, we can pull it up. You can share your screen also. Yeah. So There's the Bill Gates video. What's the name of it? The to find the Bill Gates video, you can it, find it you can it find YouTube? it on Mojo Red Pill for one year ago. Mojo so, Mojo Red Pill all You can send days. that Eric, you can send that link uh copy the link and send it in the chat if you'd like. Mm -hmm. In the in the like on to your phone on our chat in the oh, studio. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that's at. <laughs> okay. Just what's yeah. the name? What's the title on the video? Eric? Bill Gates is Doctor Evil is the title. Bill Gates is Doctor Evil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the the channel on on uh, YouTube is Mojo Red Pill, spelling just like it sounds with the space oh. between Mojo and Red Pill. Okay. The other one is Sergeant Robert Horton Warcastle's overview. And he's got two videos out. I got one of them here, and I'll bring that up. I'm Sergeant Robert Horton, United States Army Special Operations. I was a psychological operations specialist from 1990. Oh, I've before. Okay. I'm also a son of the American Revolution. Christy's going to play. The, you're going to play Russell Gould and David Wynn Miller's story. Okay. So with this guy... It's important for people, in my opinion, to listen to Dr. Sergeant, sorry, Sergeant Robert Horton. He explains thoroughly in detail and maps out what's happening. So whether it be the media, the finance stuff, or all of this, all the wars that America has been involved in, the truth behind what they are and what's happening right now. And he states a lot of stuff that is that the cabal or deep state is going to attempt to do to this country in order to bring us into a uh you know you could explain it in a bunch of different ways mark of the beast new world order whatever it, it's a you know one world government one world financial system and uh the great reset uh total control domination power and you know the only way to fight full spectrum dominance is by full spectrum disorder. And so if there's any Patriots in the community, you can just research what I just said, full spectrum disorder. Okay, Christy has the, uh, the video up. There about it is. Bill Gates briefing the CIA. Yeah. So we're going to play that. You're going to go ahead and play it. She's going to play it. Excuse me. On the left over here, we have, individuals who are religious fun fundamentalists, religious fanatics. And this is the expression, uh, RT-PCR, real-time PCR uh, expression of the VMAT2 gene. Over here, we have individuals. So, so, so let, let me complete. So over here, we have uh, individuals who are not particularly uh, fundamentalists, not particularly religious. And you can see there's a, a much reduced uh, expression of, of this particular gene, the, the VMAT2 uh, gene. Uh, another evidence that, that supports our, our hypothesis that for the development of, of, of this um, approach. Uh, what you, what you see here is by, by, by spreading this virus, we're going to eliminate individuals from donning on a bomb vest and going into a market 
blowing up the market. So our, our hypothesis is that these are fanatical people, uh, that they have overexpression of the VMAT2 gene, and that by vaccinating them against this, we'll eliminate this behavior. Uh, so we have some, some very, very uh, remarkable data in this next slide. Uh, here we have two uh, brain scans. These are fMRIs. Uh, these are two different individuals with different levels of expression of VMAT2. Uh, on top uh, is an individual who's a religious fanatic and individual, and we've repeated this numerous times, that, that uh, has uh, high levels of VMAT2. Now, um, this individual down here who had low levels of the VMAT2 gene, this individual would uh, self-describe as, as, as not particularly religious. In, in each case, uh, these individuals were, were read a religious text. Uh, this individual uh, light lit up um, this, the right middle frontal gyrus uh, shown here. And uh, that's a part of the brain that's associated with theory of mind uh, it's a part of the brain that, that uh, has to do with intents and, and beliefs and, and desires. Uh, in contrast, in marked contrast, here's an individual who would uh, not particularly uh, self-describe as, as religious. And when they're read a religious text, <clears throat> what you see is that this part of the brain called the anterior insula lights up. This is a part of the brain that's associated with, with disgust or displeasure on hearing something. Uh, so you're suggesting I take a CT scan with me when I'm uh, evaluating people to determine whether I put a bullet in their head? So, so um, well, what was that the, question? They're going to put a bullet in their head? Uh, supports uh, the, the concept that, that we're proposing. Uh, and I think that uh, we would not propose to do uh, CT scans or fMRIs on, on individuals out in the hinterlands of, of Afghanistan. The virus would immunize against this VMAT the virus, and that would would have the effect that you see here, which is it's just this is four thirteen two oh five. And when since when do viruses immunize? Bingo. It was seven days before Hitler's so, so, birthday. So the, the present uh, plan and the tests that we've done so far um, have used uh, uh, respiratory viruses uh, such as flu or. Respiratory uh, viruses. And, That's what um, COVID is. So also one of the mind control things is that Snopes, those of you who know about Snopes and the credibility of Snopes, has, has discredited this video as fake. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So why does it so, say it's fake? It says in, in May of 2020, a video below supposedly showing Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates briefing the CIA about a mind-altering vaccine was circulated on social media. But uh, the presenter in this footage is not Gates. Furthermore, this is a genuine presentation. It's today. not a genuine presentation. It's not a genuine presentation. Uh, <laughs> see, there you go. <laughs> Um, yeah. to the CIA in 2005. This is a hoax video that was likely created for an uncompleted film project from director Ryan Harper called Funvax. The video has been circulating since 2011 under the assumption that it showed an authentic CIA briefing. Since then, a number of outlets examined 
and debunked this claim. Metabunk, for instance, noted that the brain scans displayed around the 45-second mark of the video were presented as if they were a religious brain and a non-religious brain from two different individuals. These scans, however, were actually taken from a 2010 study about a 43-year-old woman with a history of um, methamphetamine abuse. And the filmmaker simply took the original scan, added some red, my teleprompter fails. Red, yellow coloring. Red, and yellow coloring, and then claimed it showed the brain scan of a religious person. Here's, so in other words, it's showing mind control. And so you can see. I'm just trying to. All in one. <laughs> What's that? All in one. Yeah. And we know that they are taking stuff down that they don't want us to see or want to spread because it's, mm -hmm. it goes against their agenda. Yes. Yeah, and also stupid. they will spread disinformation like this to discredit those who are telling the truth. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And, and so, who owns, and who owns Snopes? Think about that. Who owns Snopes? Some exactly. guy in his basement divorced, uh, you know, exactly. living in his basement. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, probably so the, the, the boogeyman and, and the jab are one in the same mm -hmm. meant for the same thing whether you catch it or whether you get it mm -hmm. put in you exactly. uh, it's meant for the same thing exactly Pretty so simple. when all this Control. started when all this started you know i mentioned my friend from germany um they were trying to figure it out from mainstream media and, and, and I said, Bill Gates is not a good person. Yeah. And I, I mentioned her name and she goes, but he, he was like part of our Rotary Club. He was a big part of the Rotary Club. Mm -hmm. <laughs> look at all these clubs. Look at the Rotary. Look at Lions Club. Just look well, at Apparently his wife didn't think he was a very good person either after Epstein's, um, after, he, you well, know. I think that was all. Of, Epstein. I think that was all for the movies, Penny. Well, the, she did divorce him, so. Yeah, look at all the press that he got for that. True, but she did divorce him, so apparently she didn't think he was a good person either. Yeah, I'm not sure about her either. <laughs> him, him yeah. or her. <laughs> I I personally uh, think that anyone that has that power base, and um, you know, they had had uh, kind of a psyop thing right before this broke, uh, which I researched. Um, in regards to the Gates, um, the Gates yeah, organization, mm -hmm. yes, it was an event, event two twelve or something like that. Do you remember yeah, I that? Heard it was for financial yeah. reasons that that they were able to divvy up the money other ways. I don't know, maybe so. Could we be like Eric said, you know, yeah. it's another <laughs> shiny object to take your to take your eyes off of what's really happening. Exactly, and so it's like if you if I can create a problem. Mm -hmm. And everyone's having this problem. There's all this bad stuff mm -hmm. happen, and then I can, but nobody knows I created the problem. Then I can step up and be like, I can solve it. I can fix it. <laughs> and then everyone's like, Yeah, help us. And then I'm like, He he he. I caused this problem. Now I look cool because I solved the problem for everybody. And that's right. pretty much the basis of everything that's happening. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was the event 201 at John Hopkins Center for Health and Security in partnership with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They hosted event 201 was a high level pandemic exercise on October 18, 2019 in New York, New York. The exercise illustrated areas where public private partnerships will be necessary during the response to a severe pandemic in order to diminish large scale economic and societal consequences. But the the potential uh event was a covid event okay so when when you do a test in scientific method so maybe you take like a study of a hundred people and you present a problem and you give it to them all and if you know 68.3 percent of a hundred people or let's say 68 out of a hundred people react a certain way to certain stimulus it's a good judge of if you expand that to a thousand people, you're going to have 700 people react the same way the 68 did. If you put that into a million, you're going to have 700,000 react a certain way to the stimulus uh, and have the 300,000 react adversely to it. So then you can explode that all the way through into like whole countries and, and you can guide and push whole communities, whole countries to react to the stimulus that you provide them in order to acquire the uh, outcome you desire. It's that simple. And that's what's explained in, in joint publication 3-60. It's simple scientific method. It's, it's how it's psychological warfare is run that way to to fall whole governments, to take over whole groups of people, to change the perspective of whole communities against other parts of the community. It's been run like that since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. So we have, a, um, we have a, a video to play real quickly. It's called Event 201 that, you, that um, Penny was just mentioning. Yep, the exercise. Yep, the exercise. It's an exercise to gauge the amount of people that can be controlled by the stimulus. It was right. October uh, in October of 2019, and then in 2020, we had the actual pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And then everybody thinks that there's two sides. They're, they keep trying to make people think that there's two sides to the government. I mean, I used to be a Georgia voter. Right now, because the the senator, you know, is hanging in the balance with Herschel Walker and Warnock, who's totally just uh, it's unbelievable that I got a notice from a, another minister friend of mine there in Atlanta that Warnock's church. He's he's the pastor. Guess where? MLK's church, Ebenezer Baptist Church. And guess what you have to have to go to church at Warnock's vaccination. Church? You got it. Yep. So do you think Martin Luther King would agree with that? You think he might be turning over in his grave or do you think he might've been on the other side? Like we've been, like some people have questioned. I don't know. So are you, do you want to play that, Christy? It's buffering. She said it's, oh, it's buffering. buffering. Okay. So we'll come back to it. So, you know, <laughs> just filling in here but anyway. Anna pleased to see so, you mm -hmm. how are you, are you Anna can me? you hear me yes how are you I'm good 
Yeah, sorry I'm late. I had to get our baby to sleep, so. That's okay. Did you have anything that you wanted to say that you wanted to address specifically? Um, well, I wanted to say that we met because of the targeting. Because I was targeted, too, in my own way. Like they do. Can you explain that? Can you explain how people. you guys met? We were in groups on Facebook for people that are targeted. We just what happened to you? How are you targeted? How are you targeted, Anna? My main thing was I was getting voice to skull used against me. Mm. And I think you know what that is, the voice of God. Yes. Weapon. My brother so had it in him. Oh, it's horrible. It's one of the worst tortures. One of the they call it no touch torture. Yes. But yeah, it's I was getting that twenty four seven for like three and a half to four years, and then finally I started playing videos like one that I want to share with you. Yes. I'll send it to you now. Um, I would play these in the background all day long because what it is is the voices in your head. You know, like they they put voices in your head, so it's hard to concentrate and. So I'd play these in the background and eventually they stopped. And I think that's because it was jumbling up their, what's called remote, remote neural monitoring. Uh-huh. And they didn't like hearing the truth about what they're guilty of. Mm -hmm. oh, Anna, for those of us who aren't familiar with voice to skull, can you explain what that is? Do you want to explain sure. it? <laughs> so voice to skull technology was, uh, it's a patented technology. This is it really exists. Uh, it's a machine that projects voices, either live or pre-recorded, uh, into the head of a person that is targeted through a resonant frequency. It's like a like an EMF, like an ultra or ELF, sorry, ultra low frequency, so that only you can hear it. It was debuted in 1991, I believe, or 93, I think 91. And the first time it was broadly used by the U.S. military uh, <laughs> in Iraq. And so really? they had all the uh, Iraqi soldiers that were about to attack or defend uh, against an enclave of uh, United States soldiers. And so, in, so they used the technology and told the Iraqi people that they could hear it loud and clear in their head. And this is where they named it the voice of God. Uh, and they told all, all the Iraqi soldiers heard the voice of Allah in their head saying that the soldiers are good guys and they're with the army of God and to put down your arms and give yourselves up. And it worked hook, line and sinker because they were all devout religious men and they all heard the voice of God in their head. They all looked at each other. They all agreed that they heard Allah tell them to put down their guns and the U.S. military problems and put them all in custom and detained them all. So what you sent me was gangster war security industry specialist tell us all? Yes. Okay. Let me just play that real quick. Well, it's this an is hour just, long. Yeah. Well, how much do you want me to play of it? Shall I play just a little bit? You can play the first little bit. Okay. Maybe first few minutes or so. All right. Justin Carter. I'm a security industry specialist who worked for a private security company in Seattle, Washington. I am no longer employed by this company. 
I chose to leave because I could no longer in good conscience work for a corrupt company that is involved in a highly illegal federal program that is blatantly violating the constitutional rights of American citizens on a daily basis. My company had a contract with one of the largest, most powerful corporations in America that is headquartered in Seattle, Washington. During my time as a security specialist, I became aware of a massive social engineering program taking place in America today. What follows is a voice recording that I made some time ago. It is with laws that protect whistleblowers in mind that I am choosing to make this information available to the public. By doing so, I hope to put pressure on those in power in this country to investigate those involved in this social engineering program and bring them to justice. This social engineering program involves the federal government of the United States of America, the intelligence agencies of the United States of America, private security contractors, some of the largest corporations in America, local and state police, and social programs within the inner cities of America. This social engineering program experiments on the homeless and experiments on the financially struggling and experiments on individuals due to, that do not have a lot of family and friends or money so that they have no means to defend themselves from this parasitic, disgusting program. This program utilizes a technology that most know as voice-to-skull technology. It is an electromagnetic frequency machine, an electromagnetic frequency technology that utilizes radio frequency signals, microwave auditory effect to induce sound within the cranial cavity of the target. This makes the individual believe that they are hearing sounds and voices that are coming from within their own head when in fact they are being beamed into their head via this technology. This technology is also used to manipulate the emotions of the individual. This technology manipulates the electrical signals in the brain, thus controlling thoughts and feelings and emotions and sensations throughout the body. It works by rewiring the brain by creating new neuropathways and destroying existing neuropathways. Thus, this literally changes the way a person thinks and thus behaves. It is used to control muscle movement. This technology can also be used to control the muscle movement of the target. It can take over one's hands or feet while driving and make you press on the accelerator or press on the brake or turn. This can be used to cause accidents. It can also be used to prevent accidents from happening. This technology can also tap into the optical nerve of the target and the auditory system of the target so that those monitoring the target can see what the target is seeing and hear what the target is hearing. This information is then downloaded and stored on a computer in a highly secure classified site on servers that are guarded by some of the tightest security in the world. This results in the individual's entire day, everything they see, everything they hear, everything they experiment, everything they experience, and everything they feel being recorded till the end of time.
thoughts on this? Wow. And this is uh, Justin Carter. I couldn't help think of Aaron Carter, who just. Uh, That's interesting, too, dead. because Aaron Carter talked about um, gang stalkers. Yes, he did. I, I speak about the music industry because I was in in the military industrial entertainment complex for a half a century. I'm 64. I was in it for uh, 50 some odd years. And my brother had voiced a skull on him. The project that I found out about myself was uh, it's MK Ultra Project Genesis Subproject Eve, which is a cloning project. And my family is actually Joseph Mengele, Hitler scientist. Um, and I was born in Hollywood, Florida. So does it come through music, Penny? I don't. I don't. Really what know it is is it's it. actually there. There are many methodologies. One was a chip, which is actually the antiquated version of it, which my brother had because they sent the NSA to stomp on his face when he was uh, doing research for a book that he wrote, which actually turned into a screenplay called "The Whistleblower" about Bush, the Vatican, and my evil family. They sent the NSA to step to crush his face. He went into surgery. They had to re. Uh, reform his face when at that time they put voice to skull in him yeah, and they, uh, they implant people with RFID chips I believe in when you go to the hospital yep good reason yeah. not to go to the hospital right yeah, and yeah. the dentist which I call the killing fields these days yes correct and so with my brother when they murdered him on a high satanic holiday in Mission Beach in California. I didn't get his body back. And I believe I didn't get his body back because they made shoes out of him, red shoes. Yeah. And they also retrieved their, um, their mechanisms, which were implanted in him. Wow. Wow. Well, Christy had mentioned the other day, you know, having the, the dog implanted with a chip and she was afraid it was going to hurt him. But then she said that it was so tiny that it goes through the, the needle. I mean, it could go. Yes, it goes through a small gauge needle. So the military has been mm -hmm. using these. I am 64 and I was implanted when I was a child um, for the MK Ultra projects. So, you know, my friend uh, Chet Swift, who was murdered on our ranch, said that when that he was implanted, he was in the military from 73 to 93. He was a U.S. sniper and uh, ran uh, cadaver dogs and worked with the DEA at the same time. He had said that he left his chip, he cut it out of the back of his neck and left it um, on the fields in Vietnam. He said that Kissinger had asked him to retrieve the bodies of uh, 26 U.S. soldiers because uh, they had been acquired and they were retrieving our technology. That's in the 70s. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And the thing is, you can't go to regular doctors and have them look for these because they're in on this stuff. That is correct. And now what they're doing now is they're targeting the DNA. So they yeah. don't actually need to put a chip in you because they can utilize your DNA and they mm -hmm. can assess you from it's a it's basically it's a radio frequency. So. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we want to hear we want to hear what Anna's thinking tonight. So we're going to dial Anna's DNA signature and then we're going to tell we're going to listen to what Anna's thinking. In Canada, they have uh, lawsuits because of the the theft of intellectual uh, property, which intellectual property, for those who don't understand, is your thoughts and how we create things. So they will go in and they will take your intellectual property and then they can actually go in and tweak that 
little intellectual property that you had while they're putting a patent on it, then when you go to put a patent on it, it's a little bit different and you see somebody else already filed that patent. Yep. Interesting. That's happened to me. And the thing is, I did my DNA on Ancestry probably in 2008. I was about to ask that. Yeah, yeah that's a bad. long time ago. So, mm -hmm. so I think it has something to do with that. Yeah, that's bad. I thought it was safe back then because they had these videos claiming like, we take your DNA and throw it away afterwards if you want us to. And it's a lie. And I'll throw it away. So you think that's how they got to you, Anna? Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I had a head injury when I was like 14. Yeah. And they could have implanted me then because I yeah. had to take taken to the hospital. And I've had several head injuries and been to the hospital and DNA mm -hmm. taken many times. I, I didn't ever have any head injuries except for one time when my sister hit me with a baseball bat, but I didn't go to the hospital for that. But I was in this project and they took my ovum and my fetuses and they made babies and clones from my DNA. And I know this for a fact. I, I don't know. You you know, we just met each other. So you probably don't know anything I, about me. You talk about the stuff on shows. So. Yes. So, um, you know, I found out when I was declared enemy of the state under James Clapper and I was thrown in a crazy house for a year that I started researching. I found out who my family was. I found out about the projects and, and then my life started making more sense to me because of the research that I was doing. And I found out when I was locked up that they're making movies about all of us as well. Yeah. I found out that they made a television series called stranger things on Netflix. And the little girl is me. I actually texted, I actually sent an email to my first handler, who I believe is the son of Albert Speer, Hitler's minister of war and said, I know I'm that little girl. You know, I'm, I'm remembering what happened and that's why I ended up in the crazy house and I wasn't doing anything to end up in the crazy house. I actually got electronically triggered on my phone and I was guided to go to a hospital when I got to this hospital because my niece was there. I went to three different places. When I went in, I got checked in by the characters in the television series and book that I've been writing for a year. I got checked in by Dr. Brad and by Nurse Laura. And those are my main characters in my book. And then they took my glasses and they took my clothes. And the reason why I tell this story is because I want to help other people so it doesn't happen to them. They took my glasses, they took my clothes, and then they had me sign a piece of paper. I couldn't see what I was signing. And I was locked up in a crazy house for a year under the behest of my brother, John, who is head of MKUltra. Wow. wow. So they do that to TIs too a lot is get them locked up in the crazy house. And yep. they're because those people are also involved, like a psychiatrist and all that. Yes. What's what's TIs? Uh, what targeted individuals. Oh, okay. So, so I have a Aren't you a targeted individual too, Penny? Uh, well, yeah, I would say so because uh, I was told uh, you don't know what you know until you know it. I've been sex trafficked throughout Hollywood. Unbeknownst to me, I was used as a covert agent asset for my deep state family. Unbeknownst to me until I started researching and then I found out that my former agent who uh, slept with me in the 90s is my brother, and he represents a very high-powered people like Madonna, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Jay-Z, uh, Beyonce, Kanye West, etc. Um, they are on his client list, so he has something to do with them. But I know that he's also a black pope, not the black pope. There are many black popes, and he's also a head of MK Ultra, and it's my belief that he's also the son of Joseph Mengele. That's I had crazy. a situation uh, in 2000. 18 or 19 yeah 2019 
And so I was in Boise, Idaho. I had a handler that was one of the community agents that was assigned to me as a fake relationship. And this individual would torture me. They're highly abusive, financially destructive. They were involved in stealing and setting me up. And they, they stalk and harass you like crazy. Like oh, if yeah. you break up with these people. Oh, they stalk it's you insane. endlessly. Like they'll sneak in your house and crazy <sighs> stuff like that. So I'm going through all this uh, abuse and I had a neighbor that was uh, a an abuse counselor and the neighbor she knocked on my door one day and said hey uh i can hear her screaming at you and do you understand that she's just gaslighting you and i'm all yeah and so me and this lady got in a conversation and she uh you know told me to record everything that was happening which i already was and that if that i have any trouble or i need to call the police that she'll uh, make statements too and so i went to the the local shelters like the abuse shelters in boise idaho and i went there several times but one incident really stood out and so uh i go to the shelter i'm going through all this abuse stuff from the handler the shelters are also infiltrated they're counselors yes, i would not go to a shelter when my husband right. beat me and i left i said no i can do this on my own i'm not going to a shelter because i knew i would be infiltrated and uh they would you know, they would target me even more. So, yeah. and, and it's awful when people come to you and they're like, Hey, how can I help? Can I go to the FBI? Can I go to uh, a doctor? Can I get hypnotized? I mean, these are not any recommendations that I have. Now I'm not saying that all doctors are evil. I'm simply saying for myself, I am not a doctor. I am not a lawyer. So I'm not giving legal advice and I'm not giving medical advice. I am saying my personal preference and my dealings with these individuals, because I'm in an MK Ultra project, and I'm going to say I'm still involved in it. I am out of MK Ultra, but I guarantee you that my name is out there. So if I were to go to a doctor, they would they would have my name on a list. Yes. So you're also on an invisible NSA list, which people don't understand what that is. Yes. You may be on a, vis a visible one, but you're also on an invisible list in which they will they will make sure that you cannot work a normal job so that you cannot support yourself. Then they will target you and they will throw you in a crazy house so that they will invalidate your ability to go into a court of law and fight against anyone. Because once you step in there with a diagnosis that is a false diagnosis, then that will invalidate you so that, like you had said about they they attack you mentally physically spiritually financially all these things happened to me right. when i left my husband right. i left a 25 year old a 25 year relationship i was married for 20 years with four boxes of clothes and the, my house was taken from me and i i basically got out of there you know with my my truck that and i ended up having to live in my truck for a short period of time my brother rob said oh this is your only asset and i'm like okay i don't understand that exactly. and then i started finding out that my family i had to literally find out who my who my actual family was because my actual family was my agent who had seven other brothers so that means that's eight brothers i was raised with two so they they had one killed so that was you know eight nine ten so back to nine again and the, john's brothers don't know me at all wow so that's that is so similar to what i went through so i go to this uh this uh, uh you know counseling center for abuse and it, because they said if you have any trouble and you need to get away you can come stay here so i go there trying to get some shelter and have a place to sleep the night because i'm of the abuse that's happening 
And I talked to this counselor lady and, and she keeps attempting to say that, you know, I'm, uh, uh, manifesting it or I'm making it up or that uh, I'm delusional in some manner. And she keeps referring to these different technical words. And I I've read abnormal psychology. I've been in counseling for 17 years. I've uh, been in addictions counseling uh, and facilitated these things for people. So I'm, I'm really familiar with what she's saying. And so I said, Hey, you need to go get my phone. And she's like, well, we don't permit phones in here. And I'm like, well, you're saying that this is all in my head and I'm basically delusional and you're attempting to falsely diagnose me and I know what you're doing. So you need to go get my phones and I'm going to play you the recordings of exactly what I'm telling you is happening. And she's like, oh, and she brought another lady in and, and finally got the my phone out from the, the intake office and, and I brought it in and I played, I think about 30 minutes several videos of the abuse that was happening because I was smart. I knew what was happening. I knew they were doing this shit intentionally. So I would set the phone up here or there hidden and record everything that was happening. And so at the end of it, they, they watched the videos and ushered me out of the room and they, they brought in another doctor and they all sat there for about 20 minutes deliberating amongst themselves. And then the, the main lady came out and she said, well, um, we, we can't really do anything for you. Um, uh, th we can't help you. Uh, and you know, you're, you're welcome to like take a nap on the couch and, and, and leave when you're ready. And I'm like, mm -hmm. so they, they engaged in their attempted ability. They attempted to falsely diagnose me with whatever they wanted to, to, uh, that that is the agenda, Eric. Yes. I, Anna, really? I'd like to hear how well, did you guys him. meet? I caught him outright because I had physical video evidence of proof of what was happening mm -hmm. with it. They didn't want that. They didn't want me to have that ability. Yes. And yes. my phone was locked. It's, you know, I left the phone in the office with them, but I locked. And it. And that's amazing that you did that because you had the fourth, uh, the foresight to do that. Well, I, I'd like to just ask Anna. Eric, I'd just like I'd like to ask Anna how you guys met. Well, like I was saying, we were in, we were looking for answers online, like what's happening to us, because we didn't know what targeting was and all this stuff before when it started happening. Well, he has for longer than me, but um, we were in targeting groups, like targeted individual groups, and met through there and started yeah. talking, and then. So you started but, talking. You met on Facebook. You started talking. When did you meet in real life? We where were you? Where were you living? Where was he living? I was in Twin Falls, Idaho. She was in Blackfoot, Idaho. And I came to, we've been talking for at least six, seven, eight months, something yeah, like I that, that uh, online on the groups. And uh, uh, it was her birthday. And I went, uh, my stepdad uh, told me that I couldn't stay with him anymore because uh, he wouldn't acknowledge the targeting was happening, but he told me that I can't talk about stuff like that on Facebook because we're going to get targeted. Right. And but, it, but targeting didn't, targeting wasn't real, but if you talk about it, I'm going to get targeted. Yeah, and so uh, they're afraid of it. And they're, they're, they're saying it doesn't real and it's not happening, but yet don't do this because we're going to get targeted. So, yeah. Right. And so, so he basically told me I have a, like a couple weeks to get out of there. And so I bought a piece of junk car from a f old friend of mine for 300 bucks. And I, in the middle of winter, it's December, and uh, it was I, almost two years ago, I think, exactly to, in two days. Yeah, yeah, her <laughs> birthday. Um, so I wouldn't 
for a while though i wouldn't meet him because i was afraid because i'm targeted so i was right he was a, a gang stalker a plant yeah yeah so for a long time i wouldn't meet him and finally one day he's like yeah, just brought it up again. And I was like, "All right, fine, let's just do it." And so, see what happens. So I traveled from Twin Falls to Blackfoot, <laughs> Idaho, and uh, met with her. I believe on your birthday. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, and uh, gave her a gift, and we've been together ever since. Got married. We have a beautiful son, oh. and that brought us to uh, Utah. And so we stayed in. Uh, we lived homeless in a, a little Honda CRV. With all the stuff we had in the middle of winter, sub-zero temperatures. And, you know, slept in the back of this thing and in a hotel and we got Lots married. Hotels. <laughs> yeah. And we got married and then we came to Utah because the uh, anti-human trafficking organizations of Utah promised to help us. So we came here and got with the attorney general's office of Utah and started going to an investigator named. And he froze, he froze up. And so this investigator, the investigator name up, he froze up. Should I say the name of the investigator? Sure. Uh, Joe Schuler uh, was the investigator for the attorney general's office. And so the different human trafficking organizations here uh, in Utah got us a hotel they paid for for about a month and then an Airbnb for like a week or two. And then uh, they helped us with food and some clothes too. Yep, they helped but us. They said they were also going to help us get our vehicle fixed, and they else? said they're going to help us do a lot of things, and they didn't do. Yeah, because after about a month, I think they were contacted. And yeah, told. we're targeted, and then they st uh, they the, dropped us like a hot potato. At that yeah, point. all of a sudden, like they're they're all helpful mm -hmm. and gung ho to help us and get us into counseling and hear our story and and investigate mm -hmm. the evidence that I have video footage of all the harassment and and human trafficking incidences and, and the statements. And then all of a sudden they give us the cold shoulder and they don't want to talk to and us. The and the guy, the investigator guy said, Oh, it just sounds like harassment. Yep. You're just like, being harassed. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. But he wouldn't go through he would listen the, to the rest of what I had to tell him. And yeah. With the big church that um, supports a lot of what goes on in Utah. So yes. we hear they actually support Possibly. sex trafficking. <laughs> They're yeah. not against it. Um, is there a way that people, Eric, is there a way people can help you out? Do you have a, a GoFundMe or a PayPal? We have a PayPal. Can, how, how can people uh, fund you on PayPal? What's an address that they can use to give you some funding? Uh, we, we can send you the link or we'll, or she's going to write it down right now. And, and uh, yeah, you like, can just, you can read it on the air and send us a link and then we'll put it up. Okay. So at that point they gave us the cold shoulder. And so I'm fully employed. And uh, no let's see. The... Okay, so it's PayPal me slash K A M I K A Z E Patriot three Kamikaze Patriot three. Yeah, it's PayPal dot me <laughs> slash Kamikaze Patriot three. And so uh, they gave us the cold shoulder. I was already fully employed because it doesn't. That's one of the things the targeting is is because of my skill set, I've had one job my whole life. And, you know, I could, I do granite and I'm really good at it. It's all I've ever done. So I've acquired the skill and learned it over years. And I can go into any granite shop across the country and be like, hey, this is what I do. They go prove it, prove it. They go, here you go and pay me a decent wage in most places. And so I was fully employed. So we had to stay in a hotel and we got a hotel uh, here in like uh, Lake Point, Tooele, Utah. 
and I was working in Salt Lake and the targeting at the hotel pretty much happened within a month of being there. We stayed in a hotel for like seven, eight months. Well, different hotels. A couple, a couple, but main one we stayed in that was the nicest, safest one we could find for about seven months. And at that point, my job that I had, my boss uh, gave me a couple of raises. Things were going really good. And one of the employees here started targeting me with his campaigns of harassment and became one of the assholes that do that stuff. But I already knew what's going on. So anyway, uh, a lot of incidents at the hotel with targeting and attempted setups and, and, and things happening. But I always I have a lot of like law enforcement uh, and military uh, stuff that I wear. And the gang stalkers that came around the hotel uh, believed I was current law enforcement, you know, and anytime there was law enforcement out there, I was out talking to them. Uh, and so they it made them nervous and made them implode on their own selves because they thought they were trying to set up somebody that was a current law enforcement officer or something of that manner. Anyway, so I had another incident uh, and the, the it was becoming too expensive to stay at a hotel. I, my savings was dweening and i told my boss like hey um i gotta find another living situation i can't have me and my wife and she's pregnant uh living in a hotel and it's just not gonna work i, I either have to leave the area or i need help getting a place to live so my boss has investors and he's a good man and and they were building a, a property and also uh opted to buy us a uh, a a trailer home in a nice community, uh, a trailer community, uh, mobile home park. And so they went to go buy this, uh, this mobile home and the mobile home, uh, what's it called? The manager of the mobile home park wanted to know who was going to be living in the mobile home. And so uh, we, you know, my boss realized that like I'm either blacklisted, targeted. I've been telling him about this stuff. And he, I have another boss here at the company I work at that is also a patriot and understands that some of this stuff is happening. They don't know the depth of it as I do, but I'm trying to explain it and show them. Well, the community, the mobile home community uh, lady wanted to know who was going to be living in this place because she found out that it wasn't them, the people that were purchasing it, that were going to be living there. And so they tried to say that they don't allow subletting, which is not true because everybody, half the community is subletting, you know, they rent the place from somebody who owns it and that's subletting. So first they came up with subletting is not allowed and they wanted to know uh, the background. They wanted to know my wife's information and my information. So I gave them my wife's information first and they ran their little BlackRock uh, ESG background check on her. And at that point, the 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 trailer park lady, uh, the mobile home park manager, became really upset and was uh, adamantly opposed to letting her live there, uh, and came back with a background check that was so false and out there that it yeah. was amazing. Do you know those websites where you can go and you can see all your neighbors and? Mm -hmm. I think they use those because they had all kinds of fake information about me. Yeah. Like I was married to somebody else and yeah. things like that. So the so background check, she that. has no criminal record whatsoever. I've never been to jail or anything. And so oh, do you have a way to refute any of that? No, like, like a credit, like a credit report, you know, no, because they're all involved. And yeah. so like other than, per, other than like 
proof documentation yeah. to go and refute these credit issues and background check issues. There's nothing you can do at the time. And the, the property management people don't give two poops about it. They see what they see on their screen or they get printed yeah. out and that's what they believe. And so it comes back that she's married to somebody that she's not married to uh, she, and her credit score or whatever other information was on it that they refused to let us see. And they refused to let us live there. Uh, and, and, and so my boss refused to sign the check for the place. And at that point, he's like, well, what do I do? I can't lose you. I need you here. You're the, like one of the best employees I've ever had. And so what options do we have? And he's like, well, my, my guy in like three months, he's building, he's going to be done building this duplex condo. And, uh, and so, uh, he, he's like, what can we do? I need to keep you here. And well, we've been having problems with like all sorts of thieving and happening on our property. And I'm like, well, what about a camper? Like get a big camper we can live in and stuff. And, and so that's what he did. He got it. He bought us a place we're paying off and we, now we have our own little shelter and he can do security here and, and they put up a fence and so we feel more secure too. Yeah. And there's like a 10 and cameras, uh, camera system yeah, around we have here. access to the cameras now. Yeah. So he didn't believe any of the stuff that they were saying. He didn't hold that against you. Yeah. So my boss saw it for himself. So I proved. That's the only reason that we're not homeless right now. Yeah. And technically we are still homeless because we don't have an address. We don't have a home, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, we have a little camper we live in and the uh, have access to the cameras. So I do security Mm -hmm. here. And, And ever since we moved here on this property and got the camera systems up, uh, for me to watch every day and all night and uh, the tens of thousands of dollars in, in uh, catalytic converters, whole trailers and tools and break-ins, it's all come to a screeching halt. But one of the employees here has become rather aggressive and upset at me through this whole period. And there's been some incidences and uh, he's, we're clearly we clearly understand now that he's working with an outside entity in an attempt to harass me to provoke me into a violent situation or some other thing uh in order to like either get us removed from the property or uh set me up in some kind of uh legal problem and uh and my two bosses are they know it's happening uh they know he's working with an outside entity because it's obvious you know he gets these he stands around, he damages my tools, he damages the pieces I work on, he does, uh, he harasses me constantly while I'm working, and it's all on camera. So He's another I, employee there? He's another employee there? Yeah, and Bro. so I just keep my headphones yeah. on, I ignore him, I laugh mm-hmm. at him while he does all this stuff, because he's being yeah. caught 100% uh, on camera, like visual and audio, what he's doing. And so it's not working, but I'm still being targeted. I'm still being harassed by this jerk. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to work security. Huh? Can you, can you post some of the video or is that their property? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's on an, it's it's on a ring system. So it's on their their security camera. I I actually understand that because I worked for security, but if any incident happened, guess where we'd look first. Yeah, exactly. Where you look first is inside. So I have a I have a court case now. There was an incident where I finally let up after being harassed by this guy for about six to eight months straight, threatened, sexually harassed, and 
assaulted, I, um, I kept bringing it to the attention of my company owners that, Hey, this keeps happening on this day, that day, that day, here it is on camera. And one time he finally, he, he, he threatened me, told me I need to shut my mouth. He said, he's going to kill me. And, uh, so I, I defended myself, uh, and he, uh, did all these threats to me. And then he went to his locker. I believe that he had some kind of weapon or something. So I stopped him physically from entering his locker. And like a day or so later, he called the police and I got a court case. I'm currently in the middle of which I, every time I go to court, it's all video court. So the court is no longer recording, you know, like they have the the court minutes. They don't yeah. do that anymore right now because of the, they're using the video record and they're not even video recording so uh i've been pro c in this case that's an assault case uh and they assigned me an attorney after acknowledging that i'm pro c that was supposed to be standby attorney and he has been he's been uh deliberating on my behalf and working with the prosecutor and the judge behind a closed screen without me there multiple times. And I've recorded every one of them on my own device. And I, I finally got the judge to acknowledge that, Hey, I am pro C. Why is this guy deliberating for me or, or talking on my behalf at all? And so the judge like, Oh, it's must've been an oversight An oversight after they've attempted to coerce me after they've lied about what they saying that I did. Uh, and lied about evidence they have. And so they've been lying, attempting me to get to plead guilty to an assault so this guy can get his citizenship. So if he becomes oh. a victim of an assault, he can get a citizenship and they know that he's an illegal. They acknowledge he's an illegal and they are doing everything they can to not have a jury trial. So if I go to jury trial, I have like six or seven eyewitnesses and I have dozens of video incidences of him harassing me and threatening me that I'm going to bring to court. And they don't want any of that. And I got court coming up in about a week uh, and where I'll tell them these are the witnesses I want to subpoena. And then I have this many videos that I want to show to a trial. And they uh, they I don't think they're going to do it. If they do, they're going to be in some trouble, but they're doing everything they can to make sure there's no jury trial in the incident. They already told him we can't win this. Like we're going to lose type stuff like yeah the they, attorney they the guy that's appointed supposed to be me. his defender did you say eric that you needed an attorney uh yeah it'd be rad to have an attorney but you know <laughs> is there an email address where people can uh reach you yeah the one that i gave you can you yeah. say it please on the air it's uh rainbow snowflake one 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 at gmail.com and we're running we're running a little short on time um you had also said that uh, you were not at January 6th, but nope. that uh, you were tagged for it. And did you say the FBI went to your parents' house to ask them if they were there? Yeah. Um, so during the January 6th thing, I was currently working with the Attorney General's Office of the State of Utah on the human trafficking stuff that me and her have been through. And so we are on the record... Uh, being here in Utah on January 5th and 6th, 7th, 8th, beyond uh, with law enforcement uh, through the attorney general's office. And the FBI contacted my, my family in Idaho uh, asking about my whereabouts and my involvement in January 6th. So again, I was tagged and listed as being a January 6th participant when Are you I visited to go there, Eric. I mean, why would they 
why would they ask that? Were you were you going to go there? Were, no, was the no. Patriot Group go there? We do a lot of assuming, Penny. Yeah, I don't I don't know. So that's the thing. It's like again, just like the Antifa BLM flagging me as doing a hit and run and and having automatic illegal weapons and stuff in Idaho while I was working with law enforcement in Ohio. So that's twice, three times that they've accused me of crimes uh, or attempted to investigate me for crimes that I wasn't present for and currently working with law enforcement documented in another area while I'm being accused of something over there. And that's just their thing. It's, it's, uh, it's astounding. <laughs> It's an act of God. If it is I was, an act of God. If I wasn't working with law enforcement in Ohio or wasn't working with law enforcement here in Utah during these times where I'm being accused of things, I would probably be in jail uh, with no defense other than me saying I wasn't there. And they don't care to geolocate you on your devices or, mm -hmm. or they'll just erase all that evidence that proves you weren't in the area. So you have no defense. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the MO of these systems right now. So, Eric, I have a question for you. Cool. Uh, there's, there's, is there such a thing as a degoogled phone? Yes, but uh, there, you have nothing to. There's nothing to search on. <laughs> I guess a, a degoogled phones you can purchase or or get yourself and put them together, but um, it you know you can't Google anything. You can't use the maps. It's just basically a talk phone. When I was working with law enforcement in Ohio, uh, the, the lady officer that I was working with and giving the videos and pictures to, uh, it's standard procedure for law enforcement to not take their personal smartphone to work with them. They, are, they give them flip phones that don't have uh, all the smartphone technology in them because they, criminals can target a law enforcement officer uh, because of their smartphone. They have the technology to do it. The Antifa BLM are hackers and they can hack and track police officers so that they can commit crimes. Um, and so they use uh, uh, the flip phones and the flip phones don't have the technology to accept a video from a smartphone. So the officer said, hey, I'm not supposed to do this, but like, here's my personal number. So you can send those videos to me. But, you know, I can't bring this phone to work. Uh, and get messages from you on it or, or get real-time video from you because I can't have this, I can't have a smartphone on me at work because criminals can track me. And so, you know, when I get off work or I get back to the precinct, I'll be able to pick up the phone and see what you've sent me. But in the meantime, you know, you send the videos to this phone, but if you need to communicate Im immediately and just send regular pictures, you can do it to my flip phone. And so the, the police, the, the police know that these criminals can track and hack their phones and target them because of their phones. So, yeah. Well, Eric and Anna, I'd like to thank you so very much for your time, for coming on the show on Patriots Perspective. Um, I will be contacting you further for uh, appearances on the Dark Outposts as well. I thank you for sharing your um, your voice and for informing us yeah. of, uh, of many of the things that you and I and uh, Pamela and Christy know are happening, but you're actually confirming it for us. Yeah. And um, I will be in touch with you for uh, future shows and uh, give that baby a big kiss. His name is Atlas. Yep. Oh, love the name. And Atlas is eight months old. So I thank you both again, and um, we will be in touch with you. Yeah, it was very nice to meet you, Eric and Anna. Thank you so thank much. You.
we have a thank you for listening and i've got a lot more information we have a lot of stories about the things we've been through i mean yes I could go on for probably eight hours, for right? Like five days straight. <laughs> They're <laughs> definitely an engaging uh, couple. And again, I thank you for taking the time out of your day to share your life story with us. Yes. Thank you for yes. taking the time to listen. Yeah. Bye. Share that sweet baby. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I wanted to give some uh, shout outs to the lovely Christy Reeves Tasker, who's been working on the side. Uh, she says, be sure to subscribe to PatriotsPerspective.com for more news. Please follow her on HTTPS pstisrocks.com to see her travel pics and hear her travel stories. Mm-hmm. Follow her on christytasker.com to see her art, fashion designs, and her fashion and home decor advice at https christytasker that's C-H-R-I-S-T-I tasker, T-A-S-K-E-R dot com. You can also uh, reach Christy on the Dark Outpost on Rumble. She will be on if she still if she has a voice tomorrow, um, from nine to ten Central Time. That's a dark outpost on Rumble, and um, I want to thank uh, Pamela so much for filling in for her daughter. And Pamela, where can people find you? Um, I'm at Transform You Group at uh, MiamiFreedomFood.com. Okay, and I also have an email for you. Transform You. Is it in you 30 in 30 at, 30 at gmail.com? And in, in case anybody wants to get in touch yeah. with you, you can also reach me at penny at darkoutpost.com. And uh, Christy and I are talking about doing a drive, uh, an evening drive show once a week. Um, so we'll keep you apprised of that and the dates that we're considering having that happen um, on a regular basis. And my love and, uh, and, and, and heart go out to you, Christy, who has lost your voice. And I thank you for even being there for putting together this show on the last minute. Yeah. And um, we had a bunch of switch ups of guests and weirdo stuff with the PowerPoint that I had. But you know what? I learned some new things. Um, and and that's that's well, Eric and Anna were lovely. They, they were, were yeah, absolutely lovely. So. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and please find us again. We'll, we'll post where our next show is going to be for Patriots perspective. And, um, and if you have, if you want to be on either of these shows, please text my phone at area code 619-779-9771. And um, I will make sure to notify Christy and we'll work up something. And then also for the dark outposts as well. I'm the uh, executive producer for that show. And, uh, you know, thank you again for joining us. And I'm going to say, Pamela, I'm going to say shepherd out. I'm going to say Pamela out. (laughs) Thanks, Penny. Thank you.